Hey, welcome back to Dr. Dave on call. We have an excellent episode for you today. We're going to be talking about food insecurity, but before we begin, just want to encourage our listeners to um, download our podcast. Uh, you could do it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and download that. Leave us a review too if you are liking our podcast series. And if you're watching us uh, as well, um, please go over to our YouTube channel, Dr. Dave on call. Give us a like, subscribe to us too as well. All right, let's get started. So we are talking about food insecurity and how this has really come to uh, the forefront of the COVID-19 pandemic as well. So let's start with what food insecurity means, because I think that's going to be an important aspect of defining it, and then we'll talk more about it and what we're doing to address it during the pandemic. So the USDA defines food insecurity as a lack of consistent access to enough food for an active, healthy life. And the Department of Agriculture estimates that nearly one in nine Americans are food insecure, so they can't find enough food for an active, healthy life. So we're talking about 37 million Americans or so, and within that number is about 11 million children. So we have 11 million children that are food insecure. So a lot of times people talk about hunger and food insecurity because they do go hand in hand. However, hunger is a different concept than food insecurity. So Hunger is this personal, physical sensation of discomfort, whereas food insecurity refers to the lack of available financial resources for food at the household level. So hunger, we're talking about this sensation and physical sensation and this personal discomfort uh, of, uh, of the lack of food. Whereas food insecurity is centers upon this lack of availability for financial resources. Now, food insecurity is a very, very complex problem. It can affect not only different ages, races, um, and also geographic areas in the United States. And so because of this complex problem of food insecurity, it's just not this independent problems. Because families who are affected by food insecurity, they're affected by many other issues. For example, lack of affordable housing, um, social isolation. They live in food deserts where they don't have access to grocery stores within their immediate location. Um, they also, you, you see a, an increase in um, chronic health conditions, um, whether it be diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So you're, you're finding within these groups of people um, that they are dealing with chronic health issues and they're also suffering from low wages. So when they don't have an adequate wage at their job, it is really difficult for them to have those financial resources to provide food for their household. So... In essence, we need to tackle food insecurity by addressing a lot of these overlapping challenges. Can we provide better wages for people in uh, food insecure environments? How do we tackle those chronic health issues? And we'll talk about that too. Um, food deserts. How do we get in 
more fresh food options, whether it be, um, you know, local farmers markets and even down to, you know, corporate grocery stores. How do we create a system where we can at least provide some incentivization of these corporate grocery stores to come into these areas and provide healthy options and foods for people in, um, in food deserts. We know that once these grocery stores get into these areas, they provide such an economic vitality in those areas uh, by giving jobs to people in that neighborhood. Um, and, and then we know that once larger grocery stores come to that area, economic development happens. Other stores come to that area which provides more jobs. So, you know, this is something that's not only very complex, but it food insecurity centers upon issues such as food deserts. You know, food banks play just such a critical role at providing this security to those households that are in need of food. So, for example, let's let's talk about food banks because that is going to be this central part of our show today, okay? So food banks, what are they? Well, they are um, centralized resources of food that central mission is to provide food to those in need. And there have been so many studies that have shown the, the tremendous benefit that food banks have on food insecure individuals. So, for example, the Feeding America Intervention Trial for Health Diabetes Mellitus. It's, it's, a, it's an acronym, the FAITH DM Trial. Um, again, it's the Feeding America Intervention Trial for Health Diabetes Mellitus, the FAITH DM Trial. So, this trial took place between 2015 and 2017 at three very large cities in the United States. And so, they wanted to determine the effectiveness of food bank interventions and improving blood sugar control, uh, specifically within participants who had uncontrolled diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So they had this intervention group versus the non-intervention group, and they found that those individuals, the participants in the intervention group, who fully engaged um, within the food bank, and so they um, were a part of the food that was given in terms of the, the healthy food options, they maintained um, their blood sugar levels and they tracked them. They found that over a long period of time, their, um, their blood sugar control was better than when you compared it to less engaged participants in the trial. That's just one of many, many studies that have been conducted in food banks. But this just goes to show that if you are participating in a food bank, and taking the healthy food options that they give you, and you're using them, you can actually improve chronic underlying health issues that um, that individuals have, such as diabetes. So let's talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has really put a major strain on food banks now. Um, there's been an explosion of food need since the COVID-19 pandemic started. Um, many families have lost their incomes. They are applying for unemployment and benefits, and because of their sources of income are lost, they don't have the financial resources to obtain food. 
And so they rely on food banks to help them bridge that gap. Whether they are looking for new jobs and other financial resources, the food banks play such a critical role in addressing their need. So again, I live in Chicago, Illinois, and nearly one in six people in Chicago are struggling with poverty and food insecurity. So today we are going to talk uh, with an individual from Lakeview Pantry. Um, Lakeview Pantry is here in Chicago, Illinois. It is the largest and longest operating food pantry here in Chicago, and they've been around for 50 years, and they have been serving so many areas here in Chicago um, and really help ensure low-income residents have enough to eat but they also provide a lot of critical and life-saving social services. Many food banks in the country don't just provide food. They provide social services that are critical and life-saving to those individuals, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, individuals who rely on the food banks have additional uh, mental health um, struggles that they need addressed, um, and even health issues too as well. So food banks are a critical part of that. And we are going to be talking to um, Jenny Hall, who is the director of programs at Lakeview Pantry. And they are just an unbelievable resources here in Chicago. They serve almost 900, excuse me, 9,000 unique clients with 40,000 site visits each year. So they are a wonderful part of the Chicago community and we are excited to talk with them today. So we got a great show today and Dr. Dave on call. We have Jenny Hall. She is the director of programs at Lakeview Pantry in Chicago, Illinois. Lakeview Pantry has been an invaluable resource to the north side of Chicago for over 50 years. And today we are gonna discuss the food insecurity crisis during the COVID-19 pandemic and what Lakeview Pantry is doing to help. So Jenny, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me. Uh, we always uh, want our listeners and viewers to just know a little bit more about our guests. So tell us about yourself and how you became involved with Lakeview Pantry. Sure, yeah, I, um, I'm actually a boomerang. I was at Lakeview Pantry back in the early uh, mid to like 2013, 2015, as a manager of social services. Um, and then left to do private practice for three years and jumped at the opportunity to return in 2018 as the director of programs, which is my current role, um, which I am very lucky to get to oversee all of the client facing work that we do um, and be inspired on a daily basis by it. So, uh, yep. So it, very important to be a part of this great organization. And we are very grateful for Lakeview Pantry. You know, Food insecurity has been a, a central issue for many Americans, um, and this COVID-19 pandemic has really only exacerbated that food insecurity crisis, and you know, it's causing a demand for food services to spike. So we want to talk a little bit about Lakeview Pantry and how they're addressing this surge uh, of need during the COVID-19 pandemic uh, for people in the Chicago area. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, we saw a pretty sizable increase in, in our population that were coming to the, the food pantry, about 400% increase pretty immediately. Um, and we had, you know, one, the increased need, but also the need for uh, to modify how we were giving out food to protect all of our stakeholders. So we started, we were a choice pantry where people could kind of come through and shop and pick and choose. We had to change that over to everything being prepackaged. 
um, so that we could give it out a lot quicker which enables us to serve a lot people, a lot more people quicker as well. Um, we also got rid of our service boundaries so that we could help the entire city. So we've been serving people from, I want to say it's like a hundred and some zip codes um, all over the Chicagoland area since COVID began, which is pretty incredible. And we've seen about 40,000 individuals since mid-March um, through all of our programs. We've increased every single program we have. So at our physical pantries, we've increased uh, the number of hours and days that were open. Our online market went from one distribution a week to four. Um, our home delivery program doubled. And we were very blessed that we were able to go to Wrigley Field and use that as both a distribution site as well as a packing uh, location. So we had a lot of social distancing. We were able to get some rollers in there. So it was actually kind of a fun experience to pack boxes. Um, and we've also just been very blessed that the community has, has come around and supported us as well. I mean, we've seen 2,000 new volunteers since this began, um, tons of new donors, and a lot of our old donors stepping up to help us as well. Excellent. People have been just stepping up during this difficult time, both on the volunteer side and the donor side. And you mentioned, you know, Wrigley Field, too. We like to hear more about your local partnerships that you've had um, during this time and that, that can address the food insecurity crisis. Talk about a little bit more about what happened at Wrigley Field and then the other partnerships you do have in the community, too. Yeah, so we were so blessed that uh, the Cubs were, were willing for uh, to let us stay in their home and, and use it six days a week. We've been so, so lucky. Um, and what a wonderful place to work every day, I will say that. <laughs> um, we also have been working with Frost, which is an events company, which is letting us use some trucks that they have. And uh, Fortune Fish is also allowing us to use some refrigerated trucks. Um, Chicago Cares has stepped up to help us with volunteers. Um, we've been blessed by a lot of our food partners like ConAgra, Lifeway, PepsiCo, and Quaker. And we also have a lot of connections with our local grocery stores. And, and we were really relying on them so much before, but even more so now. So like Trader Joe's, Plum Market, Whole Foods, Target, Costco, and Jewel. And I have to say, too, it's a smaller program, but NAMI Chicago, um, we have a partnership with them where they are housing people that are returning citizens from coming out of the prison system in hotels. And then they're coming by to get food with DoorDash, actually picking up food from us to take to those people. So that's been a pretty fun partnership because there's a lot of people involved and it's a really unique program. Walk us through, if you don't mind, Jenny, um, describe to our listeners this sort of partnership with local grocery stores and how um, logistically that takes place in terms of, you know, their product getting to you? Yeah. So we do what we call food rescue with a lot of these grocery stores, which means that foods that are close to date and, you know, we have a lot of, uh, communication we do with our clients about best buy dates. So we have a little more uh, shelf life on the food at the pantries, or maybe they just ordered too much of something. And it's really not moving through the store. Um, and so we pick up every single day of the week, we're picking up from these grocery stores to bring that food here to be able to distribute to our clients. So it's food that would have gone to waste had we not been able to pick it up. And it's, it's really good quality food too. Amazing. And I'm assuming too, that as the, the greater need for food is there, you're having volunteers and, and just creating that environment where either the frequency of pickups improve or you're just getting a better volunteer base to do that too. Yes. Yes. We've been very lucky. We have a lot of great volunteer drivers. Now Lakeview Pantry. So it's not just a food service provider. Uh, take us through um, the other programs that you have, the social service programs, the initiatives that you've taken 
um, undertaken during the COVID-19 pandemic as well? Yeah, so we've actually had this. These are some initiatives we've had for quite a while, and we've kind of changed again how we're doing them to make them really safe and accessible. We've seen a 62% increase in our social services um, in terms of what people are asking for. Um, we offer case management, and, and it's really just whatever you need, and we try to keep the barrier as low as possible. If we can't help you with it, we'll find somebody who can help you with it. So employment, we also we have a financial grants program, which we increase the amount of grants we're giving out per month for that to help people pay rent or other bills, um, help people with public benefits. A lot of people are signing up for public benefits for the first time ever. That's a stressful process, and it's even harder when you can't go into a place to do that. Um, housing, transportation, and we have mental health counseling that's completely free as well. So we've moved to teletherapy for that. Um, we do we use a teletherapy platform to do our case management, and we also offer phone um, appointments as well. And how has the response been, especially, you know, during our COVID-19 series too, we did focus on, you know, mental health as well as pediatric mental health too as well. And just the explosion of need for the general population now and what they're going through. How has the response been? Yeah, so we've seen such an increase in the desire for mental health counseling, and I, I imagine that will only continue as the months continue as well. Um, and people are finding themselves, you know, without a job, or this is this is a very traumatic time for a lot of people. Um, and so the, the need is definitely there, and we're able to meet it. Um, we are hoping to bring some of this on site very slowly and safely so that people who are, do not have access to an internet or a phone can still get services. So, you know, we've talked about this, you know, surge that you've had over the last few months, um, you know, going forward, as we look towards, you know, the summer and the fall as the COVID-19 pandemic continues on, um, that that we're going to likely see that sustained need and, and likely maybe even increasing too. What right now are the needs of Lakeview Pantry in itself? Well, like I said, we've been really fortunate with our volunteer base and our donor base to help us uh, continue to do this work, and we'll just continue to need that as we go forward. I mean, we continue, we believe that we will see increased numbers. I believe there was a, a statistic that said four out of 10 people coming to a food pantry right now, it's their very first time ever coming, and I just think that that will continue. Um, I will say in terms of donations, every bit helps. We can take a dollar and turn that into eight meals. So we also will take physical food too. Um, canned goods is what are actually is our highest need right now. So canned fruit, canned tuna, um, peanut butter, always, always needed. Um, and also as, a, as our volunteer base that we have now goes back to work or, um, you know, schedules change, uh, we may need more help with volunteer too. So that'd be great if we would have uh, people step up to help us to continue our programs. Walk us through too, Jane. So say if I want to come in and volunteer, what's the process that that goes through that in terms of both needs and and where I could be best used to as well? How do you determine that? Yeah, so we have a, so our website's amazing for that, uh, Um, There's a volunteer tab, and there's an online orientation, which I think is super helpful, um, so people get a sense of what is available to them. We have so many different kinds of ways that you can volunteer. You can be front of the house. You can be back of the house. Um, We even have some uh, virtual volunteering going on, too. So I think there's, you know, you can kind of see the options available to you as a volunteer and kind of decide where you want to go. One of the really cool things about the volunteers that are coming through now, and I think it's based on their availability, they've been kind of trying out all the different locations and all the different kinds of volunteer opportunities to kind of just get a sense of what we're all about. And that's pretty cool to see that. 
And have you seen basically just a, a wide variety in terms of age and location of volunteers? Or have you found just one specific demographic, whether it be maybe college age kids or millennials or even older, pe- older people too as well? I think we are, so our volunteer base is pretty diverse before COVID, um, but it's gotten more diverse during COVID for sure. Um, a lot more working age folks. Uh, a lot of our older volunteers did not feel comfortable coming in for a while. Some of them are starting to come back and we completely understand that. Um, but it, it is definitely quite diverse. And because we're serving the whole city, we're also seeing people from all kinds of neighborhoods that maybe we, who wouldn't have come before to volunteer. And, and if you don't mind me asking, cause you've branched out in terms of, you know, the locations of where you're serving in these different neighborhoods. Can you take us through maybe a specific neighborhood or two of what you've been doing locally within the community? We always like to highlight, um, different areas of Chicago. As we know, we have just so many wonderful uh, great neighborhoods here in the city. So we want to just maybe mention one or two if you can. Yeah. One of our really great partnerships is with the Casa Norte, which is over in Humble Park. Um, they have a brand new building as of about a year ago that they built there that includes housing. Um, and they also built a pantry on the first floor, which we operate with them along with there's a Howard Brown clinic as well. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. What I really love about our La Casa Norte location is it definitely just feels like the neighborhood. It definitely feel like the people that volunteer there are local. Um, there's usually music playing while we're serving. Um, everybody seems to know everybody, which is really great. So that's a really important partnership for us and um, one that we have really enjoyed being a part of. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, the community within those neighborhoods have really responded positively, especially considering how long Lakeview has been within the Chicago communities too. It's really great to just do a deep dive uh, within there as well. Um, on the, you know, more on the near term and then longer term too, Jenny, how will you learn to transition back to um, not from prepackaged, but actually having people within the, the pantry itself too? Yeah, we're starting to think through that right now. And, and we really want to offer choice again, because we know so many of our clients have dietary needs. Mm-hmm. And we also know that some people can't use the food that we're giving to them, and we don't want them to, to go to waste. So we're trying to think through that currently. Um, some of the ideas that we're having is possibly, you know, when it feels safe to do so, bringing in maybe two clients at a time to shop, but still allowing that express, we'll call it the express lane of the prepack, because a lot of our clients have given us feedback. They like that. They like just being able to come by grab it quick, put it in their car and leave. Um, and I think too, with the, you know, with the online market and H and, and our home delivery program, the need of those programs will just increase. And those are pretty accessible for clients. So if we can continue to increase those services, I think that will be really helpful too. Absolutely. And I think one of the things we wanted to touch on too, is in terms of supply side. So we've seen a lot in the media too, you know, in terms of food shortages, whether it be meat or grains or, or anything of that matter. Are you seeing from the corporate sponsors that you have um, in your daily pickups, do you see a variety of uh, of a decrease in specific areas of food and need that you see? And how do you plan for that longer term? Yeah, so we actually, like again, the canned good thing, it seems kind of odd that, that we would be really having a hard time getting canned goods, but we really do. Um, it's not something we anticipated during all of this. I would say at the beginning of COVID, some of the usual streams of food kind of dried up for us and we had to get creative. Um, we do, with with the donations that we have, we do spend that on buying food. There are certain staples that we want to make sure we have. Fresh produce is top of that list. Protein is top of that list, and so is dairy. So if we don't have those things from our uh, donations, from our partners, then we will buy them. And we can usually get a pretty good discount because of our uh, relationships with those retailers. 
Excellent. Excellent. Jenny Hall, she is the director of programs at Lakeview Pantry here in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, we are just so grateful for Lakeview Pantry. They have been um, just an invaluable resource to Chicago and now, um, you know, in different communities that we see in the neighborhoods. And um, we are uh, uh, really grateful in terms of how you've responded during this COVID-19 pandemic and the food um, insecurities of many individuals now, especially, um, you know, with the economic downturn too, uh, as you had mentioned to people applying for benefits for the first time, encountering, you know, mental issues too as well that is associated with the pandemic. So we are truly grateful for Lakeview Pantry. Jenny, thank you for joining us on Dr. Dave on call. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on Dr. Dave. We are really grateful for Jenny Hall taking the time from Lakeview Pantry here in Chicago, Illinois, to talk to us about how they're addressing the food insecurity crisis during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, they are truly a wonderful resource here in Chicago, and they're not just giving their efforts in terms of food delivery to those who are insecure, but they're also providing a wonderful um, wonderful social service projects and um, resources for people who are um, encountering mental health issues, health issues as well. And so we are very grateful for, for Lakeview Pantry and their extensive outreach here in the Chicago community um, within different neighborhoods too as well. The COVID-19 pandemic has really caused a tremendous uh, burden on many, many individuals who have become food insecure and also those who are already food insecure prior to the pandemic. And we need to address many challenges um, that revolve around food insecurity. And it's not just this independent problem. We have um, individuals with food insecurity are affected by a, a myriad of issues, whether it's lack of affordable housing, social isolation, they live in food deserts uh, with chronic health conditions, and you know that that low wage that they tend to have in these areas is preventative in finding those financial resources to to provide food at the household level. So again, you know we have an epidemic of food insecurity here in America. One in nine Americans are food insecure. So we have 37 million Americans, 11 million of which are children. And we need to address this crisis. Um, and so we are grateful for Jenny Hall from the Lakeview Food Pantry. We're um, excited that we could talk about food banks and how they are integral in um, addressing food insecurity here uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic and even beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. So we hope you enjoyed our show today at Dr. Dave on call. Again, we recommend that if you are enjoying our podcast, download it at Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, give us a like or a review too. And if you are viewing us on our YouTube channel, Dr. Dave on call, subscribe to it, give us a like, maybe send some feedback too as well. Again, you can call us, uh, and the number's provided on the screen here too. You can email us too as well. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Stay safe and healthy. Take care.